podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 397 of Film Bastards. My name's Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everybody. I'm Matt Foster, hello everybody. Hello, hello one and all. So, this week is a little bit of the calm before the storm. I forgot to watch one of the <laughs> films that said we were going to talk about, um, which is really annoying for me because I really wanted to watch it and I got sucked into watching some other films instead, which we'll talk about in what we watched. Um, I'd say so, we'll talk about that next week and give you a chance to watch it, but then we'd only have one feature review. I, 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 and we've not watched that much this week. <laughs> No. Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, it's it's fine. I'll. Uh, I. But I. I will rewatch it. So, Mark and Becky are going to talk about their rewatch of Doomsday. But, uh, what came out on iTunes last week? Um, a film that I feel like is potentially a bit of Mark nip, but we'll 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 find out. This is the Brad Furman directed City of Lies, which has been sitting on a shelf for a couple of years. Um. I, I I quite enjoyed that. Um, it, was with the, it was impressive. Thank you. With the uh, the golden pair of Johnny Depp and Forrest Whitaker trying to solve the murder of Biggie Smalls. Yep. Which is a I don't know a summary of a film I never thought I'd say. <laughs> yep. Um, we've also got at least one big trailer. Uh, you know we got we we do have some what we watched. Um, but yeah, it is maybe a bit of a calm before the storm kind of show. Um, you know, we are we are T-minus seven days until most of the cinema chains in the UK open. Um, yeah, except for one, which we'll get to in just a second. We are podsyndicate.com. Listen to shows including The Iron Sequel, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, his film, her movie, Beyond Neon, and uh, uh, I, I, I believe that that's it. Uh, bonus show feed. Um, the last there and back again uh, was put up on, on there today. Uh, so that's uh, Becky, uh, uh, Jordan and myself talking uh, The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. And um, patreon.com forward slash film bastards for longer shows and extra content. Two dollars a month. So as I said. Not every cinema chain is opening next week. Um, Cineworld have just announced in it was kind of announced during the Patreon section uh, recording that they will not be opening next Monday. They're going to be opening next Wednesday. Mark made a comment about how it's probably because they don't have any staff. And in all honesty, I do slightly wonder if there's an element of truth to that. Yep. I, I, I do think it'll be that they'll be bringing people back from um, from furlough, etc., or what, however they've done it. Mm. Have them in Monday to do a big clean down, Tuesday to a big setup, then Wednesday to open, mm. which I can kind of see a, a, a logic to, um, because it's better than doing a setup on. They're not going to want to get them in over the weekend. 
Um, and it's maybe better than getting a setup on a Thursday and a Friday. However, it is a little bit. The problem is with Cineworld, they. For a start, what I'll say here is our in cinema experience is always very, very good, mm. isn't mm. it? So this isn't a criticism of Cineworld staff on the ground staff. Yeah. But their whole management structure on a corporate level, they seem to be just very bad at it. They always just seem to be on the back foot with everything, don't they? Just yeah, like, just I mean, a bit behind it, everything else. Yeah, like the, um, for instance, um, I've had the app since our Cineworld opened 18 months ago. The app still doesn't recognise that I have an unlimited card. Oh, that's weird. Right? It doesn't recognise that. So if I go to um, to try and order tickets, I can't. That's why I always have to get you. You always get them individually, don't you? Um, get them as a, as a group booking. Because Becky, your app and your login will recognise will recognise my Cineworld unlimited card. Hmm. But mine won't. That's shit. Yeah. I didn't know that because I always just book them because I always book them for both yeah. of us. So, so if ever I'm getting a ticket where I'm going on my own, uh, I have to book it on the, I have to go on the website and book it via that. Stupid. Because it just doesn't recognise it. Um, it's even like little stuff like when they announced the price restructure last week. The, which we'll the get into a second. wasn't on there. No. They've completely forgotten one of their cinemas. It's it, it just, it's, everything always seems to be, or having a bit of technical issues. It's like, right, no, no. Having technical issues on everything mm. every time you do something isn't technical issues. It's you're not very good at things. Mm. No, it, it, it does no, seem a little bit. And, it, I mean, it, sorry. It, it, even to the extent of the fact that um, the other cinema chains have um, have been announcing the majority of their listings um, like for the past week. Mm. And City World have gone, well, no, 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 we're, we're, we're waiting till, till, till the government announces that we can. It's like, pop some fucking listings, dickheads. Yeah. You've, 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 you've restructured the pricing, which has kind of, you've done that. And you essentially have reduced the prices for a lot of people. Great. Mm. But then kept the prices for a lot of people exactly the same. Who are getting exactly the same benefits of membership. But it, it, it's of yeah, it, it, it feels a little bit like, uh, 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 hang on a minute here. So yes, I'm not being charged more, but I'm certainly not being charged the same as other people. Mm-hmm. But you're giving me no reasons as to why. It's, it's basically, oh, you live in an affluent area. You can pay the same as before. Yeah. And it, is, it does feel I, a little bit like that. It's shit. Mm. It, I, I, I'm, I'm convinced. So to, to give some give some context here, if I paid monthly, I'd my monthly rate would go down from I think seventeen ninety to nine ninety nine. Um, Mark and Bex are still going to be paying the same as they were. Um, Eighteen forty. There you go. Okay, so I'm like, and and the thing is, I paid up front. So instead, and they haven't said this is why, but they sent me an email today saying, okay, we're going to add three months to your membership. I saw somebody else on Twitter who's in a group two cinema 
and they've said and i'm in a group one cinema and they've said to them oh we're going to add a month onto your membership and then i'm assuming uh three and four they just don't add anything um and it's i'm i'm convinced it's to do with local competition um in the end of the day Three other, four other cinemas in yeah, the Yeah, four, four other cinemas within like a quarter of an hour, what is it? If you and then you've got like um Hull, for instance, has um less cinemas than York and theirs is group one. <laughs> it, I don't I don't think it can be that. We've got we've got plenty of cinema competition. Um it, the only thing I could think of was maybe it's facilities based. Like we've got a Screen X, an IMAX, and a VIP. Never done a Screen X, have we? No. No. It. I. The thing is, the competition around. What is the price competition like? Just because my Cineworld, the tickets were like five pound, six pound all the time to compete with the with the cinemas around. So it's like you might have competition, but are they all still it, charging it, it, views? Views, views four ninety nine. Mm. Okay, views. Are, okay, that's bizarre. Though. And views, I, views. Are, uh, it's a big view as well. Because if you're they, a normal person, even if you see film a week, they're pretty much equivalent, and most mm. people don't. So where's the incentive to, to be a member? The, the thing is, I, 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 I don't have a problem. I, I think my eighteen pound forty, which I just round up to twenty quid. Yeah. In my brain. My 20 quid, I'm happy to pay my 20 quid because I think I get my 20 quid's worth of use out of it. Yeah, well, we've got to see more than four movies a month, yeah. don't we, sir? It's just, it, it it seems like such an odd move from Cineworld to just mm. do this and go, these are the new groups. Um, there we go. These are the new charges. But to give no context as to why. Because the, the, the why, I reckon, is just what, what can we get away with yes. in the area? That's it. That, that, They're never going to say that, are they? Well, no. But it, it, again, it just points more back to Cineworld just being Shit. bad yeah. at, 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 at this kind of thing. Yeah. This this is it because I'd even understand it if like the cheaper ones were the ones with fuck all screens. If you were mm. like, okay, it's a tenner a month, but it, it's only a five screener. So yeah, you'll see the big films, but you won't see anything else. But my one. It's fucking 15 screens. It's basically, if anything gets, like, I'd say 50 screens in the UK plus, my one shows it. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't, it, it, it's baffling. And the, the, the thing is, I, I chose Cineworld over Odeon because Odeon's, like, general wants to show smaller films is a, is, is a lot less than, than Cineworld. But I... I don't know, like Odeon at the moment, Limitless, you sign up now, it's 9.99 a month until September. And okay, uh, like at the end of September, at the end of September, it goes back up to nearly 20 quid a month. But if you were if you were in an area with a Cineworld and they were charging, even if it was like the 15 a month, like the Group 2 one, it'd be like, fuck that, I'll just go for Odeon for a few months, you know, and it's like, Cineworld can't say, well, the, the quality of our presentation is better or anything like that. If anything, it feels like if they're going to charge, if they're, if they're going to charge people less, th- well, they're probably going to have less staff or something as well. I mean, that that's what I that that that's a big concern for me going forward is how are they going to differentiate themselves from just watching something at home? 
you know, like people have had such had what, like about 15 months of basically just watching things at home and getting used to and expecting to be able to watch things at home. And you can go, well, the screens are big. Cool. What else have you got for me? You know, like, and, and, and thankfully, it seems like filmmakers are going to be taking that seriously. I just hope from a technical point of view, the fucking cinemas do as well. I'm worried they won't. Uh, I just think that it, it, it's such a it's such an odd move from cinema. And it, it, I get the idea by it is that I, I totally get the, the business acumen idea. Mm. Cineworld as a as a company and their parent company are in are in financial trouble. They are carrying an awful lot of debt yeah. and it is an obscene amount of debt. Mm. And they were in trouble before pandemic hit. Mm. Um, and the only reason why it's not kind of caught up with them is that essentially credit lenders have had to go, right, we're going to suspend the credit um essentially refreshes every six months because of the pandemic mm. once they reopen then that, that that kicks back in um and they need to keep that triple a credit rating mm. to do that they essentially bet against their own subscriptions yeah that's that's how they do it it's based on amount of subscriptions that they have and it is look we can borrow this amount of money because we can show you we're going to have this much money coming in each month for the next six months and mm. then it rolls on uh, they might have had in the past six months just so many people go ah fuck it now i'll just cancel and then i'll i'll, I'll reapply once it reopens mm. and so then their, their subscription numbers could be absolutely rock bottom and they want to boost it up and so they're going right it, it may be it may be something as simple as catchment areas and it might be look all these group ones have got a big catchment mm. of it um, and we need to grasp that back again. I think, like I said to you before, I think it's more that they're trying to guard themselves against people cancelling. Mm. You know, you look at it, we pay, like like you say, mentally you round it up. So we pay mm. 40 quid a month. If you've got used to not paying that 40 quid a month and you're looking at it going, well, there's not much showing and I don't really feel super comfortable going and sitting in a cinema. Nah, I'd rather have that 40 quid, cheers. Now that it's going to start kicking in that you have to pay again, you're more likely to cancel, whereas people will have just let it, That's it, let yeah. it stick around for the last however long because they weren't paying it anyway. Um, now that it's going to be chargeable again, they might think of cancelling it, whereas if it's 20 quid for two people. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if people get, if, if people are in like the 999, they will get emails saying, that, that left saying, oh, we're sorry you left. Did you know it's now only 9.99 a month to come yeah. back? Yeah. And then that will, it, it, the minute somebody posts that, like a, an image of that kind of what is there, you'll get people in the 1841 going, I'm going to fucking minute. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't know. And it's like, are they going to up the surcharges for like super screen and things like that? You know, like, is that a way that they're going to, um, they're, they're going to make extra money quite lately so you, 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 yeah you'd look at that but quite lately so the next time i go to get an imax ticket um my thing there will be right so i have to pay an extra what is it two quid that's more than that i think four quid something like that yeah four quid let's say for, for what is it mine will there will be but hang on a minute i'm already paying 40 percent more mm. than a lot of people and they have to pay the same four quid. It, it's you, you, you're opening yourself up to a lot of people going, 
Right, but but what else am I getting? That's it, nothing. For, for the extra. Mm. And it's, mm. if they turned and went, and went, oh, group group threes, you'll get an extra two, you'll get two IMAX tickets a month as well. Yeah. Yeah. I could maybe then go, do you know what? Fair enough, that's my, that that's the extra. And I could maybe sing that. But it, it you, you've taken something from being a level playing field for everybody. And the if people say, oh, but you could go and see something in other cinemas, it's like, oh, I don't need to though. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't. That's it's a it's a barely any fucking use to me. <laughs> um, it 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 does feel a little bit. That's it. What are we getting for our extra eight pound forty one a month? Yeah, it it, it 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 it's a really odd one. Mm. Yeah, it's. I, I don't I don't get it. I feel a little bit like. I have I have a bit of a right to be asking the question of seriousness in the world. What extra am I getting? Mm. The thing is as well, it'd cost them nothing really to give you two free IMAXs a month. Yeah. Because they're never full. Oh no. It's not like they'd be losing out on a paying customer. No. It's, I, I, I don't. The thing is, that I, I would love them just to have explained it and even have something where I can go, right, fair enough, I've explained it. I don't agree with it, but they've explained it. But it does. It, tweet them. It, it's. You get some fucking bullshit response from there. Yeah. It'll just it'll just be a standard response pointing you to their FAQ. Yeah. Like there, there's been loads of people tweeting them saying what the fuck. And the, the 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 thing is, I mean, like I sound like I'm complaining and whatnot, and it's like my position. I I worked it out. I'm not going to be charged anything until fucking February, and then it's going to be a tenner a month. You know, it, it's but it's folks like you who who I feel bad for because it's just like I don't get, I just don't get it. I don't no. I don't get why that it, yeah. it's it, 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 you're not paying any more, but it's just the yeah. fact that I'll be paying so much fucking less. It's just it's baffling. The thing that I don't get it is why not if it's anything to do with the whole, and I don't think it is anything to do with the um. With the Benetta go and see it in different cinemas, mm. right? Then just reduce the whole thing to fifteen quid. Yeah. Um, so one cinema only. And you specify a cinema, and then you get fifty percent off. If you go to every the- other Cineworld cinema. Yeah. Bang! Everybody's happy. Nobody complains. Everyone's in the same same boat. Or like specify a cinema, offer a discount, and say, and you can change your home cinema once a month. Yeah. Something it's- like that. It's such a, I just, I just don't get it. No, sir. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like I might ask the Cineworld manager when we go the first time we go, what is it? In a nice way, I don't know what is it, but just, a, just out of curiosity, what extra am I getting? And then just to see, just to see them go, to see what they've been told, because they will have been told you need to say this I when you like get asked this. Yeah, I feel like mm. that's a little bit unfair, though, because they've got no... No, they, are, they have no part in it. Making, ...and they're going to have to be on the front line... Oh, no, but not, not, people, not in a nasty way. No, but other people might be. Yeah. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what party line they've been told to yeah. to tell people. Or to see how quickly the, the subscription rates in certain things might just go... i tell you what's real fucking interesting as well. Um... On their app, they're still showing Godzilla vs. Kong, Judas and the Black Messiah, 
Tom and Jerry, like mm. the films that have already been on the premium video on demand. Black I Widow. Like, gone. Yeah, I feel like the app, though, has just been massively neglected and they've probably just not updated it. Right. The only update, the only thing that's changed on there is that they've put that test one on. That's that's it through the whole of lockdown. Oh, no, no, no. no. They've, they've, they've added a Bollywood film to it. Oh, oh yeah. Raddy, the most wanted by. Yeah. <laughs> my, 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 my one thing there, just to like, they've got a release date on Judas and the Black Messiah on here as the 19th. That's very, very random like to suddenly have that black widow 9th of july which is the date it's it's coming out mortal kombat released it 17th of the 5th nice so but my point on that so their whole we're not going to show things that have been released in other formats previously slightly gone and the fact that Black Widow, which is day and date with Disney Plus, they're still showing that and Cruella on 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 the app. They've they've relented. A random like, one on here. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh nice. Seventeenth <laughs> the fifth. Oh god, four DX Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Fucking hell, I might have to do that. Oh, God, I'm going to get the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> Even though, to be fair, they've got Connected on here still, and that was renamed the Mitchells versus the Machines that we reviewed last week. <laughs> so, uh, no, I think it, it's in, it's going to be interesting to see how... Uh, yeah, to see what the fuck they're actually doing um yeah i yeah we'll see and it's just the whole will be open in england for fuck's mm. sake for fuck's sake like yeah that's that, that that that's them that that's very specifically them not saying they're opening in scotland and not saying they're opening in wales mm. and again it's going to be because the governments haven't actually formally announced the, the, the Welsh government isn't going to formally announce until Friday. Showcase have had listings up for for the last week. Yeah. You know, it, it's and it comes back to what you're saying, Mark. It feels like the way they treated the employees right at the start of all this has really bitten them on the fucking ass, And they just don't really have the people. To, and the fact that they closed like months before the other cinemas did. It feels like they just don't have the people and that they're, they're, they're having to rehire. Yeah, it, it, there's a little bit, I think, of, of there's nobody. It seems to be in the room that these people sit in to make these decisions. There's nobody there to say to them, right, how does this look? Though? Mm, mm. And how is this for our customer experience? And it just seems like they just do not. And again, I'm saying the management, the yeah. upper management, not the, the, the not cinema the staff. Because yeah. our experience has always been great. The cinema has its is great, has its issues. The fact that it, it that its coffee machine still has has never worked from never. day one, no. and it's a brand new cinema mm. is weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, but yeah, just they, they just. 
they don't seem to be able to have somebody to go right we should maybe get listings out no let's wait like no everybody else is this is why <laughs> this is why people will book with them and not with us we can always if the government say right no we're delaying it we can go ah oh, look we wanted to but it, it might literally just be because they don't want to bring the tech guys back off furlough <laughs> That honestly, that's the kind of impression that they're giving. Yeah, it's it like, is. Na- now they've said, oh, it's not going to be open until Wednesday. You probably won't even have show times until the end of the week. No, I, I, I would, I would be surprised if we have show times before Thursday. Yeah, no, yeah. At this show times before Monday. When, when, when realistically, uh, yeah. realistically, what they fucking should have done is had them ready to fucking go. Even if they were opening the Wednesday, mm. they should have had those fucking listings set, ready to go, so the minute it was announced cinemas are going to reopen, they could go, bang, cinemas are back. To, to, to put out a tweet saying, we're reopening on Wednesday. Please check back for listings. No, you should have gone, we're reopening Wednesday. Here's your fucking listings. Mm. Not being ready to go at six o'clock yeah. tonight after the announcement. And the fact that they're not is just bad management. Mm. There's no getting away from it. There's no getting around it. It's bad management. I mean, the thing is, if Odeon come out now um, with the listings and they've got Spiral in IMAX, I'll get I'll get a Limitless for the minimum three month term, $9.99 a month. Fuck it. Go on then. Parking's free. That quid, almost pays. Eight, that, you can go thirty quid, bang, fuck it. You know, in the end of the day, like I'd be paying at Cineworld, I'll be paying about four pound for parking a pop. Like if if not more, if I do a double bill, the fucking Odeon, I see two films and my parking's free. I've literally paid for it in itself anyway. Yep, there you fucking go. It, it ridiculous, but anyway, that's the griping done. Just. It's like they don't want to open. It's so weird. You know, like the the showcase, and I will give them some patronage throughout all of it, like just how close they are. It's really useful for me. But they, even when, like the, the previous times, they were fucking open whenever the fuck they could open. Like after the firebreak lockdown that we had in October, they were open again as soon as they fucking could be. I had to cancel my showing of the of the Exorcist around Halloween. They gave me two free fucking tickets for when they were um, open again. Um, I, you know, I I managed to watch Die Hard on the big screen there, and you know they they just did everything they fucking could to open. They had their listings up as soon as they fucking could, you know. Sinner world, it's like, oh god, do we have to? Yeah, it is a little bit like that. It, it, it's almost like they that they're happy to be closed because then at least they don't have to. It's they don't have to do shit. Yeah, yeah, I. They 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 they've not covered themselves in glory with all of this, and but unfortunately, they they are they are cheap. Yeah, that's it. The, the issue is, if we had an audience um, in, in, in York, uh, which we did used to, but it closed, uh, and it's now an everyman, uh, then I'd probably, I, I would probably look into the possibility of switching. But then again, 
the sheer level of convenience for me for this city world is brilliant because it takes me two. I can if the film starts at and the listing time is ten past six, we can set off at five past six and be there for ten past six. Yeah, it, it's my only thing that gives me pause is yes, the cinema world has a has a wider choice of films, but the audience got the IMAX and. I want to fucking rag the shit out of IMAX going forward. I like, I want to see anything I can in, even if it's Limax, because it's big and it's got that aspect ratio shit going on. You know, I, like it. I, uh, I, I'm very much looking forward to the first City World Unlimited screening being something that's already been on Sky fucking cinema. <laughs> oh God, can you imagine? I to be. I reckon the first un- um, Cineworld Unlimited, I'm just putting, it's going to be the father. I, 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 I'm going to go for a different one. I think it's going to be Tom and Jerry. What? <laughs> but it's a film that hasn't, that hasn't been able to be viewed yet. Yeah, but but, but I, I'm just saying, I could see them just doing like shit that's already been on. Oh God, don't. Um, But it's been, you know, it's been negative, and it's because Cineworld are managed by fucking idiots, apparently. But you know, we're, I, I mean, in a in a week's time, I will likely be in the cinema. In a week's time, Mark, I really fucking hope has been in the cinema, but Becky's gonna do everything she can to not have that happen. In a week's time, Ian, I'll be sat in a hot tub. I won't give a shit what Mark's done with his day. <laughs> there you go. Um. Anyway, I- that's it. That Literally like this time next week, stuff. actually, we'll be getting ready to leave the cabin and go and have our first in-restaurant meal. Yes. Oh, God, what a treat that is. You see, that's fucking... It's ruined... That's ruined my plan for next week as well, where I was going to go to the Cineworld, watch a film, walk up to the KFC, have my first fucking Colonel's meal for one in I don't know how long, and then go watch another film. Now, I can't fucking do that. <laughs> I, did, I did look at the replies to the Cineworld thing, and there's so many people saying, fucking great. Now I've got to ask my boss if I can switch my day off to Wednesday now. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, it is things like that, though. It is. Like, we'll, we'll be open. I swear they were tweeting people saying, yeah, we'll be open from the 17th as long as the government guidance allows it. It's like, nah, the 19th. Yeah. <laughs> it, oh. it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if staff find that out, like, tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, fuck me. Uh <laughs> Anyway, well well done, Odeon. I think you've probably got a limitless member. Um, but, you know, if I was paying monthly for Cineworld, would I be doing that? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. It's, you know, I've, that's a passive thing. I've already paid for the fucking thing. Anyway, anyway, do you know what else is coming to the cinema? Go on. Oh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage is coming to the <laughs> cinema. You very much like this trailer, didn't you? Oh, my God. Right. A. Very, very, very glad that Sony held the line and were like, no, Venom there, let there be carnage, must be seen in cinemas. I'm so fucking like seeing this probably on opening day is going to be a riot, I think. Um, (laughs) They are leaning in to... Tom Hardy 
in that restaurant energy. Yeah. With yeah. with let there be carnage. I def- I did I just I did not expect to like the start of this trailer to be like Venom cooking a really sloppy breakfast <laughs> yeah. or dinner. A really energetic breakfast whilst Tom Hardy is just stood there, just seeming like he's just fed up of all this. Yeah. Brilliant. I I so if it if it is literally gonna be it starts that Tom Hardy is just fucking miserable that he has to live with Venom because he's just like this sloppy bitch. I I I, I yeah. I, I I yeah, brilliant. I laughed several times. And I will say it is the superhero film I am most looking forward to this uh, for the rest of this year. Suicide Squad, very close second. But Venom, the sloppy bitch, he's, he's got my interest. What did you guys think? I, I, I think I'm with you on that in the sense of I, I'm a little bit worried about Suicide Squad. Uh, in the sense that... I think that James Gunn walks a bit of a tightrope, mm. and so far he's managed to stay balanced, stay balanced on it. Um, looking at Suicide Squad, I'm looking going, I don't know whether this might be the point of where it, it, it runs out a little bit. I'm hoping it's not, and I'm hoping I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think that there might be a little bit he's throwing too much at it. Mm. And the problem is some of the bits that might stick are just going to disappear straight away. Mm, um, it does, yeah. It like I, Black, Black Widow feels like a movie I've already seen, so I, I don't need to watch it. No. Um, I, I, every, everything I'm seeing about it, I'm looking at it going, so this, it, it feels a little bit like they have the series ready to go and then decide to just chop it down to a fucking 100-minute movie instead. Mm. Um, and what is it? Shang-Chi is the other one? Mm-hmm. I'm still not convinced. You're not impressed with that, are no, you? No, I'm not. Um, but Venom, let there be carnage. Yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, just, you know, Venom Venom um, threatening to bitch. eat people yeah. um, who, who are pissing him off. Yeah, I'm all right with that. Fair enough. Did you watch it? I know, it only came out four hours ago. I've been at work. All right. Some of us work. Mark full days right to the end of the day did anyone get any other trailers um uh yeah i mean uh the trailer for fatherhood um kevin hart yeah um i i I mean uh we'll, we'll see how it goes it it looks weirdly kind of like 90s feeling you know, like what was that fucking one where was it Richard E. Grant's wife died and then he had to bring up the kid? The fuck was that called back in the day? Um, I think I remember what you're on about actually. Bear with me. It's because it's, it's not Marley and Me. Oh, that's a film I'll never watch, incidentally. But um, fucking, I swear it's something and something. Um, oh, I was gonna do my nut. This Jack and Sarah. Yeah, I was. Oh yeah. yeah, Jack and Sarah. That's the one. Um, yeah. I it, it it. So what was the 
Yeah, Jack and Sarah are expectant parents, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, waits to find in hospital to find that Sarah died after giving birth to their daughter. Grief stricken, Jack rejects fatherhood. Leave, leave, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so it, it kind of oh, feels like a. Actually, I saw that. I, mean, yeah. I, I forgot it existed until you said it just then, but I remember seeing that, yeah. Yeah, I think I saw it as well. And, it, it, you know, I. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It just it feels very there's nothing big about this. It's about a father and his daughter. It's quite small scale. There's going to be some laughs. There's going to be some tears. And yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. Um, Probably more for it being on Netflix than um than anything else. I'm not entirely sure I'd go to the cinema to see it unless it got good reviews. But it being on Netflix, yeah, I'll give it a, a I'll give it a pop. I, so I shouldn't say that. I'm going to see fucking everything in the cinema going forward. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it looks it looks all right. You know, um, if it's over two hours, I'll be worried. One of those, yeah. It yeah. looks fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have a free Tuesday. I will watch it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, there was a very, very short um, new trailer for In the Heights, which was kind of centered around one of the songs in that. Um, I will just say, um, Warner Brothers must be cursing the day that they spoke t- to those experts who were like, "Yeah, pandemic's going to last all the 2021." Like, yeah, just put everything, just put all your stuff on HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah, you're not you're not going to be able to release anything. Touchwood, you know, we're not halfway through the year and it's like, right, we're fine. It, it's it's OK. You know, the, the vaccine, I, I, you know, I do slightly wonder whether if um, Biden was uh, or if uh, not Trump was in the white house pre uh pre november whether they would have given that guidance or whether things might have been going a, a bit better there. yeah um, there is there is that element of it yeah yeah um it's, the world has moved a long way in a weird amount of time doesn't that kind of almost feel like a bit of a bad dream at this point i mean i'm sure he'll rear his head again but fuck me that's socially well it's just that social media he well he's got a blog now I, I just that think that there's just so little attention now and the, the, the attention that he's feeding off is just the it, it, it's all it's that thing of he's he's only getting the oxygen that's blowing his way. Mm, yeah. Um, and so there's, there's that. And I think it's just going to end up blowing itself out. Mm. And it, it, it's nice that it's just not there anymore. It's a thing that no one has to worry about. You see that there was a Twitter account um, that was posting excerpts from his blog posts, which absolutely definitely had nothing to do with Donald Trump. It definitely wasn't run by anyone to do with him, definitely. But it just posted bits out of his blog posts and it's got suspended. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Fucking brilliant. Good, Good for you, Twitter. I mean, to be fair, it's only because they knew which way the wind was blowing. But, oh, um, yeah. but hey, um, yeah. OK, so uh, but yeah. In, and, and my my point with that in the Heights, if that wasn't going to be on HBO Max in the US, I think would clear a hundred million dollars. Absolutely fucking no problem. Oh, yeah. Like maybe even 200. <laughs> I mean, 100 may be low. 200. That thing 
now is going to be an absolute fucking rocket at the box office, I think. And in territories where it's not going to be on HBO Max, so most of the world, I think that film is going to do very, very, very well. A big celebratory, lots of people dancing, nice weather, like summer film. I, you know, I mean, I've already said that I really can't wait for In the Heights and I I can't. I want to see that as big and loud as possible. And I don't know, it, out of the like the summer corridor films, I'm actually starting to think it might be my most anticipated. Um, uh, uh, that's fair. I can see that certainly. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think so. I mean, it, it, I've never mentioned it before, but the in the heights in the earth double bill I'm going to do is going to be fucking historic. I can't wait. Um, There's early reviews coming out of that, isn't there? What? In the heights. In the earth. Oh, in the earth, yeah. Um, I mean, well, it came out in the US a couple of weeks back, but I think it might be on the internets. Maybe. Uh, uh, I, 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 I have maybe pon. I, I have maybe partaken in on the internets films over the last little while. But I will say that In the Earth is one that I want to say big and see big and loud. Um, but yes, and I, I wonder whether not seeing it big and loud maybe differs the experience. But anyway, In the Heights cannot fucking wait. Uh, really, really looking forward to it. All I want is an Oscars next. I mean. Is, you know, we haven't really talked about the Oscars much since the Oscars, but, you know, a lot of people were criticising it for not being particularly entertaining. And it's like, you know, I, I, I kind of get that. I, it would be nice if next year's Oscars was big and splashy and maybe didn't. I mean, maybe it's just the world, but it would be nice if the speeches didn't have to be um, as um, getting on a sandbox as 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 they they have tendency to be. And I, 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 I think next year's Oscars, I mean, I think this year's Oscars should have been, but next year's Oscars need to be about fucking hell movies are big and loud and sexy and everybody everybody's just it's entertainment you know and i i you're not you're not watching something where every eight minutes you're about to be told off yeah 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 quite um and i mean like soderbergh said that he was making that that oscar ceremony for the people in the room and it was like, yeah, and you can tell that, mm. that, that, and that, I mean, you uh, know, that, that opening shot fucking ruled. Yeah. And I, I will say this. I thought I liked the Oscars. You, you made a very good point, Becky. Did I? Yeah. About the Oscars. It doesn't happen often. It's, I, I liked the Oscars. It felt breezy. I liked the fact that we didn't have any skits in it or anything like that. Cause they're shit. No matter what, no, the no. skits are shit. 
Yep. And when you when you have um, I, you know the songs bits where you have the songs on, I, I would prefer to have have that. Yeah. But then what they've done previous years is they've had shortened versions of the songs yeah, what's the point? so that they can have skits. Stop with the skits. The Oscars isn't Saturday Night Live, and no. Saturday Night Live is shit anyway. Yeah. So just have it be about the films. And the Oscars was running great. It was be it was really entertaining. It was fun. The speeches that they were because they were just they weren't you know that with the way that they were done. Yeah, they felt like people being able to talk to it. But yeah, I get what you're saying. It did feel like they were talking to the room, of the world as a secondary. But yeah. The first moment where it went, where it, it literally it went downhill, yeah. was when you had um, cursed Glenn Close. Glenn Close doing a pre-rehearsed yeah. skit, yeah, and then the rest of it, it at that moment it was where just it was. It all went to shit. It, it just went downhill after that. It was that, then Best Picture being out of order, then Chadwick Boseman not winning. It was just a shit show. It, it, it was, that. it was literally, yeah, it was, it was. Francis McDormand being an absolute c-word. Yeah, and, and literally, like, Joaquin figured it's coming out and almost going, wait, wait, I, how, what, what, wait, you've done Best Picture already, mm. and uh, the winner is, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. You could almost hear it. If you're gonna move the award that's always been at the end to not at the end because you want to do a tri- tribute to an actor who's passed away, make sure they fucking won. Yeah, and then all people and check just that one. Yeah, all people jumping on uh, Anthony Hopkins saying, "Well, Hopkins couldn't even be bothered to turn up." It's like, no, no, no. He's a million the, years the, old. The Academy told him he wasn't allowed to appear via Zoom from uh, his house. Yeah. No, he should have gone to... What? No. What? Travel restrictions, you dickhead. He should, he should, have, he should have travelled out of the country to London. Yeah. It, it, it's it's not up the road. No. <laughs> no. All a bit mental, isn't it? I, yeah. I feel a bit sorry for him, to be fair, because he doesn't look like Oscar winner Anthony Hopkins. He doesn't look like he's pleased to have won it in the video. Like, I think he's I think... he's pleased to have won it and be honoured. But, you know, and, and 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 that kind of thing. Like he's grateful for it, but he, he looks like even he thinks I, I, I probably shouldn't have got this. Yeah, like, like, he's almost a bit like, am I always going to be Anthony Hopkins won it for the father, but you know Chadwick Boseman should have won it for what is it? But he shouldn't have won it. Like not on an acting level. Anthony Hopkins' performance was better. Um, I, and I'll, I I I I will agree with that. Not to denigrate. No, no, it's, no, it's no. not Chadwick Boseman's best performance either. No, no, I, I actually think he was better in... But it would have been a nice thing to do. In the battles. Yeah. It's the fact that his widow was there yeah, and waiting his kids. to give a fucking speech. And yeah. it's a bit like, surely someone from uh, PricewaterhouseCooper could have said to her, I can't tell you he's, who's won, but he's not won yeah you know i mean not exactly like do you want to go home so you don't have to be here for this you know but who who knows what happened but i mean it's yeah what a what a fucking catastrophe that was mm. um but up to that point up to that point it, it was a really lot good. of fun but then yeah. they, they really did not stick the landing they did not stick the landing no in, that... in, in, in true soderbergh form <laughs> Just everything from when Best Picture wasn't last and on. Was no, everything just... from Glenn Close. Glenn Close cursed it. <laughs> Glenn Close doing a booty dance cursed the Oscars. 
I think that was after, mind. No, it was, well, it was before. Before what? Was is that it? before? Oh, in that. Before office. we announced yeah. the best picture wasn't last. It was just before. It was just before that. It was okay. literally the last thing before they announced that best picture was third from last. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, fair enough. It. Fair what enough. Something looked down from up on high and went, "No, sorry, no, you don't. No, you don't deserve anything that you want out of the rest of this ceremony. <laughs> you fucked it." No, I'm okay. I'm gonna make Frances McDormand genuinely looked like she was pissed off to have won Best Actress again. Like, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I have lost I've lost any respect that I had for her. I have liked Frances McDormand since I think you showed me Fargo back when we first started seeing each other. I've really liked Frances McDormand and any respect that I had for her has gone after her, the way that she reacted to that. How fucking disrespectful. Put with our feelings on this, please. I know, but it still makes me angry. And that, that, that one shot when she's walking down and she like flaps her hand at someone who's clearly like put their hands out to go, oh, congratulations, she just flaps her hands at them. It's just like, get a grip, woman. There's f- four other women there that would have loved to be in your position. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's it though, isn't it? And it's, it feels like that's been under-talked about because people like Frances McDormand. Yeah. But you've, you've got to, it's like, I... God, I hope she never. I, I hope she doesn't win one again because it's going to be taking it away from certain, like someone who cares. Mm. Which mm. was last time. Can you imagine if Viola Davis won that? That would have been, I, you know, I, I mean, or Carrie Mulligan for fuck's sake, you know, yep. like but it, they all look like they gave a fuck apart from her, you know. And it, oh God. Anyway, next year's Oscars. I agree about no skits. But they need some mu- they need some musical and dance yeah. sequences. Let's it fucking get that going. They yeah. should bring back the really big musical performances that they used to do at the Oscars, where it was yep. like it was like it was a whole thing. Like the whole song got done. There was like a performance. The stage was dressed for it. It was like a bit. And now it's just like even like prior to this year, it's just like what thirty seconds to a minute of a song sung not in costume, often not by the people who perform for the recording shit it's like it's a real downer the minute you the minute you offer an award to something where you say this is going to get an award for for its existence and for its impact within a film mm. but you're only allowed to play a third of it mm. is immediately like so hang on a minute it's award worthy but not screen time worthy. screen time worthy yeah. it, 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 it's just it all falls back to the fact that academies and things like this, associations and all these things are run so fucking terribly mm. because, and I'm going to say it, they're predominantly run by elderly white males who do not give a shit no. about the product that they are making money off. Yeah. They, are, they care about the money that is there. Like you think about it, like I know we're harping back a little bit here, but imagine what kind of stage show and what kind of spectacle they could have made out of The Greatest Showman being nominated for Best Musical. They could have made that amazing in the Heights if that gets nominated. Yeah. They could make that, dress it like the, the like the street street dressing in the film, get everyone in costume, make a whole big thing of it. Yeah. But they won't. No. West Side Story. But but Same. but they will happily. Oh, it's such an exciting yeah, year, actually. But but they will happily have um fucking Ellen running to a theatre next yeah. door. Yeah. 
And it's like when, when everybody's watching it going, this is boring. To give out bloody popcorn or whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, the... Um, sorry. No, go on. I, I, I was listening to uh, the Little Gold, Gold Men podcast uh, a couple of weeks back, and they were saying that what needs to happen at the Oscars is it needs to start with a Jets versus Sharks <laughs> dance sequence, but it's West Side Story versus In the Heights. <laughs> the thing is, yeah, it, 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 it needs to get the, um, the ridiculousness back. Yeah. Yeah. It, it needs to take 10% of the Golden Glow's ridiculousness off it. The, uh, the, the now seemingly cancelled Golden Globes. Have you seen that yeah. as well? Which, 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 which is, is very good news for people who like movies. Uh, yeah, just fair fucking play. Like, so just for context... Uh, I think Netflix and Amazon and a bunch of other studios have basically said we're not going to fucking interact with the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, the people behind the Golden Globes, until the like the reform that you guys say you that badly need to do actually happens. Yeah. Um. So to rem- uh, to remind, there are no black people in the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. What the fuck? Yep. Um. Anyway, let's 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 move on. Let's move on because we have something very important to talk about. City of Lies is directed by Brad Furman and stars Johnny Depp, Forrest Whitaker, Shay Wiggum, Xander Berkeley, and a bunch of other folks. And City it, of Lies. There are a lot of there are a lot of character actors turning up in this, isn't there? Yes, yeah, there really, really, really are. Like Shea Wiggum, I was like, "What the fuck's he doing in this?" Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's just yeah. Um, so the IMDb plot synopsis: Russell Paul and Jack Jackson investigate the murders of rappers Notorious B.I.G. and Tupac Shakur. Uh, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> the thing is, it it kind of is and isn't that. Yeah. It, it, it's go. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll let you carry on. And I'll come at this in a second. No, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, okay, so like I said earlier on, I kind of feel like this is potential Mark Nip. You know, it's like men, like men being good at their jobs, and it's about you know the 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 West Coast East Coast beef, which. Uh, I feel like is something that Mark is interested in. So I I will phrase my question as was this Mark Nip? Um yes, uh because the thing is it, it's a the problem the, there's a, there's a there's a good point and a bad point to this. The problem is the film is marketed as um as a um the investigation into Tupac and Biggie's um, murders. But it's not. For a start off, the Tupac thing is not in existence with it. it, it uh, no, it's a preemptive yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the film is actually um, a look back into the um, Rampart 
um, scandal mm. in LA in the um, mid and late 90s. And it actually deals with a lot more of, of, of that element of it um, than it does any of the uh, the Christopher Wallace stuff. You know, the there's not that much about the investigations within to that. And it seems like the filmmakers have latched onto that to try and market it, market it mm. slightly different to, to, to what is it. Um, and then at the same time, sneak in the fact that we'll actually in the investigation of Notorious B.I.G.'s um, murder, accidentally... The um, the Rampart scandal was uncovered <laughs> during it, and it almost seems like that is actually a more is a more entertaining way and a more intriguing way mm. to have marketed this movie. Mm. Um, yeah, but come on, who's gonna who's gonna get excited for a police procedural about police corruption? No, no, but no, but but you could have framed it as. Uh, the murders of Notorious B.I.G. accidentally mm. uncovered the greatest um, scandals in American police force history. Yeah. Um, and, and that, and it's, it is fascinating because I, for later on the line, I, I've never been a, a Notorious B.I.G. fan. Um, I was very much Team Tupac. Um, and part of that is because there was more um, there was more mystique and a little bit more weird kind of danger to um, to Tupac mm. that was there. You know, his you know his father was a member was one of the family members of the Black Panthers. His mother was still very involved with that. Um, he'd recently been released from prison. Um, he also very intelligent and mm. his music yes he had the the, the standard uh, rap crassness to it all but he also was was trying to present across a, a, a message about uh, the way that that black culture was being used in America at, at that time the way that rap culture was being used as its own weapon against itself mm whilst also himself saying, look, I'm a fucking bigger part of this. Um, I'm a hypocrite mm. in all of this. Whereas the Soros B.I.G. was, and the, the film makes a point of this, it, his, his was more about the, the smoothness of it, and he was like a naughty Will Smith. And it was a little bit like that. And that's not to denigrate the guy at all. His music is, is very good. It's just not my flow. Um, but then you've got this, you know, you, in, in all of this, You've got fucking Shea Wiggum and, you know, Johnny Depp in, in one of his best performances in the past decade. Um, and Forrest Whitaker being just... Whenever you see Forrest Whitaker in something like this, you are watching it going, I don't think we appreciate Forrest Whitaker anywhere fucking near enough <laughs> yeah. as we should. And as a police procedural film, it's really good at points. Yeah, yeah. It, it, It's it's really entertaining and it's really gripping and it's really enthralling as he's essentially walking you through it. Um, Johnny Depp's character is walking you through going, look, and he, even he's saying, I have my theories. It, 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 the film directly asks him, who killed Biggie? And he, he's like, 
I don't know. Mm. I had a theory. I had all of these. But I would never find out. I think it's this guy. Mm. But I can't prove it because at every point I was stopped. And then at the end of it all, when I'd hit a point where it looked like I was about to, to crack the fucking code, they essentially threw, you know, threw somebody uh, under yeah. the bus about it. Yeah. And it, it was almost like the PR people got involved and went, this is easier to absorb than this. Mm. The the LA police is corrupt is easier than the LA police force might have killed Biggie. Mm. Um, and so yeah, there's that. However, um, there is some fucking just odd editing in this movie. Hmm. Some really odd editing whereby you watch it going, what? Wait, what? (laughs) He was just stood there a second ago. Why is he there and then saying this? And it's it's so odd at points. I, I do get the feeling like there is a really, really like fucking five star movie in there somewhere. Mm. But it's not just not quite come out. I'm fascinated to see what you guys think. Because I do think it, this is more my wheelhouse than, 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 than you guys. I mean, I, I, I love a police procedural. I love mm. like investigation movies. I find them really interesting. And as that, this is really good. Um, I think Johnny Depp is great in it. Like, really back to form good in this movie you know take his personal life out of the picture he's he's really fucking good in this because at no point is he trying to he, 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 he's, well, he's you, not showing off it's him acting rather than pantomiming which is yeah. what he's been doing for the last god knows how long it's just him being a really good actor and showing that he can remember how to do it um so that was that was a really like refreshing thing i was kind of dreading watching it because of the johnny depp element and he does do some of the kind of like a, a, a lower key version of the mugging that he does in um, Fear and Loathing. He has very much developed a habit since that movie of doing strange movements with his head and, and being a bit like. But there's a moment in it where um, I think it's after he's. Um, after him and Forrest Whitaker are walking around like a market after they've been to the what is it? Uh, and there's a moment where he's explaining things like that, and there's a moment where they come out just after that, and he's having a conversation with Forrest Whitaker about um, what he, why he believes that this, why, why he got obsessed with it. Mm. And it, you keep, he keeps breaking out into a smile, and it, it, it's an acting smile. He's, he, he's purposely doing it, mm. and it's almost like it, it, he's, he's explaining in a roundabout way the reasons why he became a police officer yeah, and why, what is it? it? And the actual, the, the actual, the character it's based on um, became a police officer because his father was a county sheriff and he wanted to go and he wanted to do that. And at that point I was watching it going, there's, yeah, that is the fucking Johnny Depp we should be getting now. Mm. That, that is the Johnny Depp we should have had for the past 20 years that we've not had. One moment, probably my favourite moment in the movie, actually. It's so small. Um, but the bit where he tells uh, Forrest Whitaker um, the name of this person that he thinks killed him. 
he goes off and he's like, I've got the name of the killer, I've got the name of the killer. And they then the other guy like Googles it and it's MC Hammer. Yeah. And he and he meets him afterwards and he says, MC Hammer, really? And they both just like crack up and it's so natural. Yeah, and yeah. such like it's such a like warm moment between them. Because they're kind of buttheads, don't they? But they're working together because I think I think Johnny Depp's character is just really happy to have someone that will fucking listen to him about it again. Um but yeah, that moment just it, it was like like you say this film feels like that's the Johnny Depp we should be getting yeah um so, so yeah sorry so as a police procedural investigation all that kind of stuff really really loved it yeah the, the, the scene with him and Toby yeah I'm saying this right huh? Toby I'm getting this I'm getting it right yeah Toby Huss I'm about to get it right thought, I thought I was getting it wrong uh, with Toby Huss there where they where, where he's essentially walking through the, the shooting mm. with the cars and the model and everything like that mm, mm. that was fantastic yeah yeah um, the one downside of it for me um, that you probably will have picked up on because you do know the backstory is there is there is quite a large amount of assumed knowledge about Death Row Records, about Biggie, about Tupac and about that whole beef. Yeah. That if you don't know about it, which I don't, you're a bit like, so who the fuck was that then? Cool. That guy was a thing. Awesome. Yeah, I could see that. But because that's not really what the film's about, it's not really about these people. It's about the obsession and the investigation, how it plays out and the, the the brick walls that he comes up against as part of that investigation. It doesn't matter too much. It doesn't ruin the movie. I think the movie would be enhanced for me by knowing more. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I think that's a really good point, Bex. I, you know, it's got the whole kind of East Coast, West Coast thing. It's got a bit of archive footage and whatnot towards the start of the film, but there's not really an awful lot there. But yeah, I, and I, I think that 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 is that is definitely a fault of the film. But it, like you said, it 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 plays the thing that kind of surprised me about it about just how much more of a character piece it is than than I expected. Um, and again just like you said the the mc hammer moment and the fact that it's not like forrest whitaker's like fucked off with him it's just like that was a good one yeah that yeah. was a good one <laughs> yeah you know you it's, <laughs> yeah it was like that was when the film clicked for me and it was like okay i see i i get what this is now and then from there on i i'm, I'm not i'm not gonna say it was like film of the year or anything like that but i will given this is like latter day johnny depp I was pretty pleasantly surprised by it. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it, there is that element of, of. I think we all expected it to be a bit shit, didn't we? Yeah, because of the the troubled mm. uh, release it's had. Mm. Um, you kind of feel like that, that it was being held back, like something like Capote, like Capote, Capone, sorry. Mm. Uh, that it's because it was not good, ropey. Yeah, but it's not. No. No, it's not. No, and I, I like, you know, I I think just everything that happened with Johnny Depp is the reason why this didn't come out. And I think, you know, if that didn't happen, it it would have been like, shit, this is actually a pretty serviceable performance by Johnny Depp. He he feels like he's trying here, you know. Um, it's not, you know, I mean, that it, it's it, I don't know, it's kind of crazy the fall from grace that he's had but this feels like him trying to like further the more kind of black mass aspect of his later career yeah uh, uh, black mass was 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 good but he was still 
it still felt a bit like you've said there, Becky. It still felt a little bit pantomime, but I, I think Black Mass is actually a very good film. Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, I, Black Mass is all right. I mean, it again, kind of more your wheelhouse, I think. But um, it but and it, it's Johnny oh, Depp just going. Yeah. 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 Sorry. And it's no, no, it's all good. And it, it's Johnny Depp going like, look, I am an actor. You know, I don't need to have twenty million dollars to appear in a movie. If you're going to offer me twenty million dollars, I'll fucking take it. But hey, I'll also be in this kind of two-hander with Forrest Whitaker about how shit the LA police department is as well. You know, and I, 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 I respect that. You know, I mean, like it's it's that thing where you've got to separate the art from the artist. You know, and I, quite frankly. If we don't separate the art from the artist, it feels like nobody's going to be able to enjoy anything um, in the future, yeah. you know. Um, so th- 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 there is that aspect to it. But I'll, I'll say I thought he and Whitaker were really, really good together. Um, I Yeah, I enjoyed my time with it. it. I don't think it was necessarily telling me anything I didn't already know. You know, L.A. Police Department, corrupt. Really? Um <laughs> Yeah, but we, but yeah. It, but we know that as a result of the, the the events that this film is depicting. So, like, I suppose it's it, before that you wouldn't have necessarily known. Well, it, the, the thing is, the interesting thing I got from it was um, uh, while I was watching it, I, I I was very much sort of going going thinking, right, I don't get how they're going to link these two because they're not mm. actually anywhere near as linked as they are apart from street rumours. Hmm. so is it going to be dealing with that but then as they started to um sort of pull out with things like uh the uh the kevin gaines shoot when that came into it i hmm. thought all right that's fair enough that was it happened quite closely to, to it hmm. um and then when they started pulling out the the dmac bits into it, i thought well hang on a minute these are both these were both like prominent rampart bits partially because i read i read a, a book about the whole rampart thing um, you read a book. I have read many books. That's not I have true. read nine books. Nine whole books. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, not including the Spock and Run ones either. Oh wow. So fuck you. Um, and so I, bits were coming in, going, well, that, "Isn't that from this and that from that?" Mm. And I was like, "All right. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> this is fucking somewhat different. Mm. All right. That's pretty fucking cool." Um, of pulling it round um you know i get the idea of of changing you know the fact that johnny Depp's character is based on the real life detective and they have repurposed for his whitaker's character to make him a different person we'll mm. say um but yeah but the fact that it is more about their relationship and about them the same incident essentially destroying both of their careers mm. um because of their the, the the failings that they had with it, but was their failings failings or was it just they were too good at what they did, so they got yeah. Mm. Um, but then I so said you, you you also got the the, the Forrest Whitaker just again proving how fucking great he is when he walks into the the cafe and um, Johnny Depp's character is sat with. Uh, Biggie's mum, who is played by Biggie's mum. Oh really? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, that, 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 that's that's Biggie's mum okay. for real. For real. Um, 
and him walking in and just having the look, I'm sorry about this. And but that's based on um an actual thing that happened. Mm. Um that 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 scene. The, the the real journalist who wrote the article accusing Biggie of putting out the hit on Tupac mm. did end up meeting um Mrs. Smalls. Yes. Um Biggie's mum in a cafe mm. with Russell Poole and didn't expect it and basically she was very much like look you don't worry about it you've said sorry and it was like oh fuck I feel like such an ass <laughs> um, but yeah but that was a it, it, again like you say you're just looking at it going God, Forrest Whitaker's good isn't he <laughs> you know it, it, I, I, that he can play he can play vulnerability He's very understated, isn't he? I think so he's, well. Yeah. Mm. You know, he's he's one of the few actors out there who has genuinely been, been delivering just brilliant performances for getting on for 40 years now. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 I genuinely think he's one of the few actors, I, I, you know, don't get me wrong, he's been in bad films. But I don't think he's ever given a bad performance. Jesus Christ, he's in blood sport and he's a great amount of fun in it. I've got a TV show called Godfather of Harlem. And I bet it's great. I will never watch it, but I bet it's brilliant. <laughs> a TV prequel to the 2007 film American Gangster. I see. I really want to watch that. <laughs> that sounds fucking great. It does. Because <laughs> American Gangster might be Ridley Scott's most underrated film. There's a character called Bumpy Johnson. Of course he does. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't he play Bumpy Johnson? Yeah. I don't even know who he is. Literally, it's it that that is that is somebody sat around and went, and went right. We need someone to play. But it's Forrest Whitaker, isn't it? Yeah, Forrest Whitaker. Everyone <laughs> all right with that? Yeah, that, that's right. It's done. It's locked. It is decided. Yeah, it is. It it, it it's like when they went. Uh, well, uh, right. We need someone to play Frank. Like it's Sheerwigham, isn't it? It's Sheerwigham. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be. Fair. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, Ian, there, it's, is it going to be top 10 film of the year? No. Is it going to be touching surprises? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Because it's, it's a solid 7 out of 10 for me in terms of it's a solid police procedural film. Yeah. With some really great bits in it. Yeah. And like I was saying to you, Bex, what I thought thought was brilliant was the the fact that they that, that his son doesn't get to see her. Fucking. You loved that, didn't you? I I was I was genuinely it was about to lose a star at the end when <laughs> you know when he's like he's back at the field and he's he's, he's trying. I was thinking if he fucking turns round now and fucking talks to Forrest Whitaker and that twat gets to fucking speak, fucking losing a star for me. Done. Yeah. I I I was high on the energy. Of the fact that, that that fucking guy, right, got like like got awarded like like won the role for that film and was like there going, holy shit, I'm gonna be in this fucking I'm gonna be in this movie that is about the the, the murders of of Biggie Smalls and Tupac and all the Rampart scandal and it's got Forrest Whitaker and Johnny Depp in it and then and, and it, 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 the producer they're going, it's, it's amazing isn't it, but you are not allowed to fucking speak. Do not think that you're going to fucking speak in this movie, you prick. You're going to hit a fucking baseball and then f- 
fucking walk away. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it got an extra star just because of that, because it didn't allow that man to speak. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know why. If that man ever speaks in a movie, I will be annoyed. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, dear. Definitely not shit. Yeah, yeah, definitely not shit. Definitely not shit. Uh, our audience poll. Um, let's see if anybody knew this film was out. <laughs> uh, da, 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 City of Lies. Come on. Uh, definitely not shit 50% and shit 50%. Nice. CS3P Combat. Player one. Choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I've ever encountered in any film. <laughs> so join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight! You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Um, hey, Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely. Nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television, with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. <laughs> Farscape. Quantum Leap. To giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree. There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So, with that in mind, join Hannah and Mike from Chinstroker vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for the Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be. Or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. We have some breaking news.
Oh, go on. So, NBC have announced that they will not be airing the Golden Globes next year. Ooh. Uh, due to the ongoing controversy. And Tom Cruise has sent back his free Golden Globes. Wow. Um, it's a pretty baller move, to be fair. Just just reminding everyone, I've got three of these. But, um, yeah. Well, I want to so, see, I need to see what they're for now. Magnolia was one of them, wasn't it? You'd think so, wouldn't you? Born on the 4th of July? Could be, yeah. Did either of you see the photo that was kind of doing the rounds on Twitter earlier today of Tom Cruise with Michael Mann shooting a shot for collateral? Collateral, yeah, yeah. It was really good. Uh, his Golden Globes were uh, Magnolia, Jerry Maguire, Ugh. and Born on the 4th of July. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, thing is, it kind of seems like that, like the Golden Globes just isn't going to happen next year at this rate. Like that NBC, I mean, like Jesus Christ, they wouldn't have to be until like January next year, and they've already said they're not going to air them because the HFPA need more time to enact the things they've said they want to enact. It's just like that sound. That just sounds like it's fucking broken. Um. So yeah. I like that kind of feels like is that even is it even going to be a thing going forward yeah and I don't think anyone will particularly care either you know it 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 uh-huh. really feels like that will be no great loss no it no no fucking give a shit you know I yeah I don't know and if it meant that the Oscars was maybe a little bit earlier every year, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either, to be fair. Um, even though, oh God, the fucking cap, like the, that, the Oscars are going to come around so quick this time around. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. normally can would be, I think, this this week. You know, and then yeah. it's only a hop, skip and a junk, jump and you've got Venice and Telluride and whatnot. You know, I mean, that, they're about three three and a half months away and then it's going to be award season again but touch wood we should get a proper award season this year um i don't know it'd be nice it'd be nice to see some uh to talk about some new films though to be fair um you know that coda which i i want to say played sundance and was already being tipped uh bought by apple tv that's going to be on apple in august yeah. Um, so you know this this stuff just keeps on rumbling on. It just keeps on rumbling on. Um, so, oh, what's Becky just sent? Becky's just sent something. No, it's nothing film related. Oh no. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. All right. Just to say, whoever fucking modded uh, Barney the dinosaur into Resident Evil Village is an absolute fucking genius. The thing is, can you imagine how terrifying that would be? The thing is, it's 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 the perfect level of being very very talented, but also very stern. Yeah. (laughs) It it's that one on the left that's just looking up that gets me. Like that yeah, one just yeah. looks like it's having a great time. It's just ah, <laughs> oh wow, we anyway, fucking hell. Right, 
Doomsday is directed by Neil Marshall and stars Rada Mitchell, Malcolm McDowell, Bob Hoskins, um, Alexander Siddig, I remember, is in it. Um, I'm doing this from memory. Um, okay, so just to clarify, it's got Rona Mitra in it, not Rada Mitchell. Oh, uh, yeah, that one. The other <laughs> RM. <laughs> is she a bad mother as well? No, she's all right. Okay. Uh, that's not, right, Rose. Just to clarify as well, I'm not calling Rada Mitchell a bad mother. I'm saying that she always plays bad mothers yeah. in things. She had like a she had like a, a, a year, a two year period where she was in like four movies where she just played a bad mom. She's a really irresponsible <laughs> yeah. mother. She's got big I hate my kid energy. Yeah, I think Rada Mitchell would have that as well. But yeah, yeah, mm. no kids involved. She's got some quite good hair in this though. I was getting hair envy. Sorry, carry on, Ian. No, it's all good. Um, so my my triple pack of Doomsday Wanted and Death Race has arrived. <laughs> um, I just I'm so sorry. I completely blanked on watching the fucking thing until I saw the poll today. It was like I'm literally in work and then podcasting like an hour later. I can't do it. <laughs> so I'm ever so sorry. But Doomsday, how was this rewatch? So, Doomsday opens up with them talking about <laughs> uh, a, 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 a pandemic, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. And how it hits Scotland. Mm. Um, and then how there's lockdowns. <laughs> and then how there's martial law. Do they actually then, say lockdown? Uh, quarantine, they call yeah, it, don't yeah. they? All right, and yeah. people are told just to stay in their houses and to not come out. But that's while a wall is just fucking built around Scotland. So you watch it going, going right, for a start off, that wouldn't happen straight away. They'd wait like nine months to do it. <laughs> it's not blew my mind today, actually. I remembered the first confirmed case of COVID in this country was in York, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Completely forgot about that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, fuckers. Yeah, it was. It was us. Uh, yeah, Doomsday. What did you reckon from 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 literally last week? Claim that you'd not seen it. <laughs> no, when you reminded me what it was, I remembered it being really good. I did not remember it being as good. Or no, I don't remember enjoying it as much as as I, I did. Like I clearly did at the time and did this time round as well. It is fucking great. Is Doomsday? It is such an homage to so many different movies, but it's done in like a really like affectionate kind of tributary way, rather than in a stealing stuff kind of way. Mm. Like it's got big 28 Days Later energy. It's got big Escape from New York, Escape from LA energy. Um, oh, what was the other one that I thought of? Mad Max. It's got some real Mad Max moments in there. Oh, yeah. It's just, but it's all done in like a, hey, you know these movies you like? What do you reckon would happen if we smushed them all together? That literally is what Neil Marshall did. And it, it, it is just so much fun. Like, from the premise, you know, you've got, they're dealing with the pandemic. You've got you've got parallels to the COVID thing in this with, with the virus. You've got the rest of the world turning its back on Britain. There's your Brexit fucking parallel. And corrupt government. Well, there's your Tory parallel. And you're watching it going, this could be really depressing. But it's just so much fun. The, the fact that the, the, the Prime Minister essentially is a puppet and being controlled by an yeah. advisor. Yeah. You're actually going, hey, Dominic. oh, for God's sake, yeah. seriously, Neil, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thankfully, it's not gone as far as this. 
Only because I don't think they're competent enough to have let it go this far. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, if that if the doomsday virus actually happened, ev- everyone would be fucked. Yeah. Mm. The, 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 the reason why this government won't be able to do managed decline is because they're too incompetent to do managed yeah. decline. One of the things that I, that, I, that I completely forgot about, but then remembered when we were watching it, that I absolutely fucking love is the fact that like Malcolm McDowell's got this whole like medieval society built up on in his mm. in his castle in Scotland and they're all wearing like knights uh armor and like yeah. dresses well, and it, stuff go, like that. it goes and a bit Excalibur fucking, every so often yeah and then there's fucking gift shop signs <laughs> yeah, gift shop and signs. emergency right. exit signs and stuff like that and it's just it's just so fucking hilarious but it's like well yeah of course they would be there that I mean that makes absolute sense but you just the fact that they've not gone, all right, well, if we wanted to perpetuate this myth of like this medieval thing, maybe we should take these signs down. They've just fucking left them there. Yeah, because because that's what it is. They, they, have, they, have, they have taken over a, a tourist attraction castle yeah. in Scotland. It's, yeah. Um, it's, but yeah, you, you do, you have this, this opening where it's quite 28 days later and then it becomes uh, Escape from New York for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes Aliens for a little bit. <laughs> And then all of a sudden it becomes uh, Excalibur for a weird amount of time. And then it becomes Mad Max. And then it becomes Escape from New York again. (laughs) And it's just, it's throwing all of these things around, but having one consistent. And the one consistent is that that you've got um, Ron Amitra uh, running through the middle of it, who is fantastic. She's really good in it. it. And as well... um, the the physicality of it mm. you're watching it going at no point do you not think that she is capable of doing all of this yeah. there's a big bit where she's got to fight a knight mm. but already in your consciousness because of the movie you're going yeah but that's not a knight it's just a guy in a knight's costume this is weird but it's like it, even her as a character is just going okay mm. <laughs> um and then this just is not a fight i ever thought i'd have to have yeah let's go but it, but it kind of works and at all points you're thinking yeah i think she could do this she could pull this off yeah um and it, it's fun there's never any damsel in distressness of her no or anything like that um you get that from the daughter a bit don't you yeah but it, but it's but then it's peppered with just these really good little like you said Bex, that it, it, it plays out like a computer game at points and mm. you've got these occasional boss levels i'd play the fuck out of this game th- that are there you know you've got the you know the, the the first big boss that she comes up against is um is is is, is um sol yeah uh craig conway who is like the the, the it's just batshit and has you know has created this weird fucking mad max thing around cannibals well, no, that's a bit more escape from one of them. Apparently. Escape from New York and LA, kind of thrown together yeah, a little yeah. bit. It's kind of the the uh, the siege mentality of escape from New York, but the ridiculousness of escape from LA. Yeah. Uh, thrown into it. Uh, the, the, there's that element. But then, yeah, you've got them about to eat Sean Pertwee to the tune yeah. of Fine Young Cannibals. Sean Pertwee doesn't do well. No, is it, it, but it just you're watching it going. I know what you're doing, Neil, but we're on board. We love it. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're there for it. Yeah. It's 
so on the nose. <laughs> but then there's a great, just fun moment where they get on a steam train and it's almost like it's going, right, we're going to take you from here mm. um, in time to yeah. getting on a steam train that's then going to take, that's going to, that, that essentially is almost a little bit back to the futury yeah. where the steam train is going to take you back to medieval times. Here you fucking go. But then they're chasing the steam train to try and get on it. Um, they don't get on it, but Craig Conway's character just screams and then punches one of his henchmen in the face yeah, yeah. for no reason, <laughs> other than it just looked funny. Yeah. And then this tunnel as well, this tunnel that they've got that's like a shortcut through the mountain that, that clearly they've just not ever investigated what's in there. And there's like all sorts of shit in yeah. there gasoline and cars and... yeah and, and i need to get a mobile phone and so she just gets out the manifest yeah and i love the fact that neil marshall has thought about it like a film fan mm. so he's thought about it he's thought there's gonna be some fucking picky fan who's gonna go well which box did she know that the fucking what yeah. is it would be in so she's literally looking at a manifest and going well, these ones. this one yeah there we go mm. um and so th- that has been thought of mm. it, 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 it is there the fact that they've used a, a a Scottish, an old Scottish police vehicle as a a kind of nod, nod, wink to the interceptor from, from Mad Max yeah. is beautiful. It, it, it makes sense. I, I get it all. All of the pieces fitting together make perfect sense. I, I like it. Yeah, and wonder a bit, because I, I said something to you, didn't I, about you'd be pretty pissed off if you were Bentley. Bentley? Is it Bentley? Yeah, yeah, uh, that sounds right. Yeah. And your sports car was in this movie, and it was being like kept up with by like a battered old police cruiser. And you're like, no, no, because they mentioned that. Yeah, because she says, because he says, floor it, and she says, no, I'm tired of fucking running away from these pricks. Yeah. Um, but it's like that, that, that's it. Like picky fuckers going, well, no, there's no way that car would pick, pick catch up with that. But he's covered it. Yeah. Yeah. Because because of that, it, 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 he's worked it all out. Mm. Um. And then, yeah, she's. I, I, I do think that Runamy should have done more of this kind of badass. Mm. Um, she has got a badass kind of vibe to her. Yeah, oh, and yeah. it works, and she's very, very good in it. Yeah. Um, around it, um, it's an awful lot of fun. It, it, it is possibly, as with most movies, it's possibly a touch too long. No, I, agree with I I do think that if you if this was 98 minutes rather than 108 minutes, mm. then you'd maybe have a more a more polished movie and a more I mean it feels more of the the movies that it is homaging so beautifully. Mm. It'd feel more in keeping with that mm. because mm. they're all around that runtime. Yeah, possibly. Um, and yeah, it's. It feels a little bit like it should have a bigger cult following than it does. If you give this a big arrow release or something like that, and went like that, I guarantee you'd start to get a bit more of a following behind it, and its cult status would would, would jump up the ladders a little bit more. Mm. I I could see Arrow doing this one day. Like they have they have a relationship with Universal. Mm. Um, or like second sight or something like that. I could I could I could see one of them doing it one day. And and um 
Taylor Bates um, score very much. It's not directly just ripping off Carpenter, but the fact that he's done it as different type of scores for each different type of, like almost like he's gone right. So this is the Carpenter bit of it. Mm. This is the Cameron bit of it. This is the Excalibur bit. This is the George Miller bit. Right. Let's fucking let's play around with that. Let's dick about with that. So the the Escape from New York bit is, is a bit synthy and he's there, but not not too synthy. And then the Mad Max bit is crunching guitar work mm. and it works like that. Mm. It's like levels. It is. It's <laughs> it's it's such a lovingly made movie mm. that was just that it didn't quite it almost it was almost a little bit too early the thing is it's made for nerds like your average person's not going to not but you you, your casual movie watcher isn't necessarily going to pick up all those references and appreciate it in the same way but if this had played fright fest in 2012 or 13 Mm. or something like that Mm. Mm. rather than 2008 i think it it would have maybe just had a little bit... It would have had a better time. It would have blown the fucking roof off. Yeah, it would have done. Um, because you could have got Neil Marshall there. You could have got probably uh, Malcolm McDowell there. Yeah. Just talking about the ridiculousness of it all. Yeah. And it, it would have... Yeah, and it, it would have been huge. Mm. Um, and it would have... I think it, it, it seems like one that organically, like something like Streets of Fire, for instance. Streets of Fire end up getting um like releases through uh boutique labels simply because it ended up on netflix and shitloads of people watched it mm. Mm. and that's why it ended up getting the the retrospective that it has um and doomsday i just think that it, at some point it's going to get that retrospective it, it definitely not shit a lot of fun yeah definitely definitely not shit um that so. audience poll that did put it out there uh Definitely not shit 50%. Touching cost 17%. Uh, shit 17%. And Geostorm 16%. I can definitely see a Geostorm shout. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else is just wrong, apart from the ones that said definitely not shit. Um, cool. Okay. And uh, I don't know. Shall I. Yeah. Shall I do. Yeah, shall I talk, talk my what, we, uh, what we've been watching then um, switch over to you guys, yeah? Yep. Cool. Okay. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. As I alluded to earlier on. Uh. I've got a like half a series of films to uh to talk about. But before that, <laughs> the Italian Job, the F. Gary Gray remake. Oh. <laughs> um. I'll be honest. It feels like the film definition of minimum viable product. Um. It is fine. Looks fucking good, doesn't it? No, oh, it's well shot. It's um. It's Fister, isn't it? Yeah, it's the Fister. It's the mighty Fister. Hello, and um, speaking of the mighty Fister, here's Lossie. Hello, lots. What do you mean, mighty Fister? Night <laughs> night. Night night. Love you. What do you mean, mighty Fister? Well, you like to slap me in the face, don't you? No, I don't. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't slap you. What do you do? Uh... You roll your eyes at me, don't you? Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah baby. All right. No, no. Love you. <laughs> Love you, kid. Um, 
She sounds fizzy. Sorry? She sounds fizzy. Oh no, she's uh, she's cracking his lots. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So the 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 Fister shot it. Yeah, Mike, uh, Mike, fucking hell, Mark is quite right. Um, sorry, I just kind of thought like, do I need to edit out that I just called my daughter the Mighty Fister? <laughs> um, I think everyone that will, will understand that you mean it in a she beats you kind of way, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I genuinely kind of meant it in the like she likes to physically assault me more than anything <laughs> else but just realized how it sounded um yeah no it does it does look good and like the the start of it it's doing all this kind like cool kind of split screeny stuff and like the image going from like left to right and up and down and like really like cool stuff and then it just kind of turns into oh it's mark Wahlberg and he's the nice guy who's been fucked over by ed norton so now he's gonna get some people together to get back ed norton everybody in the film is more interesting than mark Wahlberg. that's the problem (laughs) um like i say minimum viable products he's like what is the bare minimum i need to do here all right fine i'll do that what is the bare minimum italian job stuff uh, we have to do all right we'll do that and it's like it is a bit of a piss take that the Italian job basically refers to the job at the start of the film that then sets up the rest of the action. The rest of it is just in the US. It's like, fuck off. You know, yes, they're driving minis. Cool. That 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 really is about it. And I mean, like Ed Norton, like apparently literally only did the film because he was under contractual obligation with Paramount to do a film for them. And yeah. yeah. 100 percent it shows um oh, yeah, he does not give a fuck no no but yeah but i mean most deaf jason statham and seth green are interesting side buddy characters and i like them you know um i'm, I'm and i'm glad jason statham very quickly just went do you know what fuck being number four or five in a big big film i'll be number one or two in a medium film yeah like i don't want to do the entire job too i want to do the mechanic exactly you know and it, it it's worked out well for him um yeah I, I i hadn't seen this since the cinema and it was fine it was three out of five you know absolutely okay and that was it you know probably never watch it again do have a bit of hankering to watch the original Italian job though, if I'm honest. So I might well get to that. So that's one that feels like there's going to be a 4K at some point. Um, anyway, so series of films that I've, I've been watching. So in preparation for Spiral, I this week have watched Saws one, two, three, and four. And which one did I text you guys and say I don't think I'm going to be able to do this? Well, you, you texted after watching number one, no, halfway through number two, so you don't think you're going to be able to continue with this. And then I ended up watching four of them, and I'll happily yep. watch the other four. The thing is, the Saw films, you know, the first one, I, I, you know, it was like a bit of a pop culture holy fucking shit moment. Um, it, it, you know, it came out at a time where films had been a little bit skittish, a little bit bloodless after 9-11, 
And this came out and felt like the big cathartic, do you know what? Every now and then we do just need to fucking see some gnarly shit film. Mm. Um, you know, just like there, there's a part of the brain that kind of wants to see that like shit or just wallow in misery. And, uh, you know, I mean, the debut film from uh, James Wan and uh, Lee Wan out, you know, just really came out there and just went, here I am and spawned this franchise, which it's been interesting watching them because Saw looks like hammered shit. Mm. Look awfully shot film. Like apparently was basically shot in a warehouse and various sections of the warehouse were made to look look like dressed to look like things. And there is a shot. Uh, there's a sequence in a car park in like a hotel that Carrie always is just seen his mistress in, which when you know that is just like, yeah, that does just look like a bit of a warehouse where there's some cars. Um. And I mean, like, uh, you know, it was low budget filmmaking. It, it was what it was. But it, it it's a film that, you know, really does live on the fantastic, fantastic setup. And that twist, which, you know, is still pretty fucking great because they there is no ob- obviously zero indication that, that body on the floor is someone who's alive no at all you know and when he stands up and he peels like the fucking bloody mask he's got on off that is like you know bravo fair play that is it's still even knowing it it's still like that's a bravura bit of fucking i hope lee one out took the day the rest of the day off when he thought of that you know um but I mean, Carrie always is awful. He's awful in this. Um, Danny Glover is on autopilot, but Danny Glover on autopilot is still fun to watch. Um, and the whole kind of like he gets driven mad by the jigsaw killer kind of aspect of it is is uh, well well done. I, I do quite enjoy that. Um, so Saw, I, I I I like Saw. I don't love Saw. Then Saw Two introduces the plot thread that i'd forgotten which is basically how much do we hate donnie Wahlberg? <laughs> <laughs> um i'd forgotten that not only is he in saw 2 but he's briefly in 3 and he's like quite a substantial part in 4 even though that part is we're just gonna have you hanging by your neck while your your feet are just slipping on ice like poor donnie Wahlberg. like i hope they paid him well well or well for donnie Wahlberg. but and it's it's interesting and his character's end in saw four it's fucking incredible it's like they his character goes through such a rough shit but the thing is with saw two they build up why he's going through stuff rush rough shit and he's not a nice dude you know, it's just he's not a good dude. He's a bit of a dirty cop who pins things on people. Not not a great guy. And, you know, Saw 2, the whole get, getting kind of psychological with it, with like him versus Tobin Bell, kind of like while well, he's trying to interrogate Tobin Bell and whatnot. Really good. And again, 
the twist at the end of Saw 2, I think is really, really well played. The whole aspect of they are watching that feed thinking it's live, but it's not, mm. is terrific. And it it, it works. It works. Um, you know, the torture stuff. It, it's interesting. Saw 1 actually, you know, isn't that bloody in the grand scheme of things and then saw two's night nah fuck that we're gonna start with a guy with like a head mask thing and yeah we're just gonna like crush his head and you're gonna see it all right at the start it was, of like, it was like four times the budget as well wasn't it? <laughs> the thing is the, the the other films they don't look bad they look they and baron lynn boozman interesting director does some really interesting shit with scene transitions even um which kind of feed into the whole aspect of the, the timelines being um, skewed with. But it's like, there was one bit I noticed where Donnie Wahlberg literally walks off frame to the right. And then he's just in, he, he's like arriving at like a crime scene or something comes in from the left. And it's like, he, he's like, it's changed location, but just in that transition, I, I, I thought it was nicely done. You know, um, and yeah, I mean, like even the cinematography, it look, they they have a decent look to them, uh, the the, the later ones. Um, so yeah, and uh, you know, I, I, I God, I, I remember I went to see I went to see this in the cinema with Donna, um, back when she went like would watch horror films. Like the first one I ever saw in the cinema with Donna was Wolf Creek. I mean, what the fuck? A grim movie that. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck? Um, and there's no way she'd watch stuff like that now, and I, I don't blame her. Um, but yeah, Saw too. Like the bit with the fucking when she's in with the needles. Oh, I was talking to um, a guy at work about this uh, the other day, mm. and he was saying, "All right, what's the worst um, like kill uh, in in uh, in the Saw movies then for just like it being just uh?" And I was like. And he had no idea what, what I meant by this. But like, right, I'm going to have to pull a bit of a Jordan here and pick something that isn't a kill. Um, but the needle moment in fucking Saw 2, when he was like, yep, that is exactly what I was thinking when I said it. Uh, yeah, it's horrible. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think about it. No, so I'll move on. So, yeah, Saw 2, to be honest, I think I like as much as the first Saw, because... I, you know, I, I, I think the first saw just the sheer ingenuity of it is is something to behold, you know, and it's like a debut film from like young, hungry filmmakers. It's something. Saw 2, I, I, I think Darren Lynn Boozman does some interesting shit visually and Lee one else, I, I think, wrote the screenplay for this one as well. I think he did the first three, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, and it, it's it's just it's clever you know um it, it it works and i like that these earlier films introduce characters who become bigger characters in in the later ones as well so moving on to saw three saw three just 100 percent amps up the this is fucking gnarly like watch this shit um the brain surgery bit is fucking horrific just when they're cracking his skull open and then she's uh, like doing the surgery on his brain while he's still fucking awake and stuff. It just, oh, it's making my brain itch just thinking about it. Um, and then it, it, it gets into the, which 
kind of carries on the whole focusing on a single victim or like a single person playing the game and like why are they playing the game um and or and, uh, well i suppose there's two single well, one of them is not too bad it's just you got to keep him alive and the other person is going through the challenges um and then the way that ends is the grimmest fucking thing and i forgot how grim it was and so just void of hope <laughs> it is um but it just it's a whole uh, uh not only do the two people playing the game get killed but there's a whole you know you can choose to forgive me or kill me he kills him and he's like i'm the only one who knows where your daughter is and there's just a shot of it that their daughter it trapped somewhere and then it fucking ends <laughs> me no likey me no likey um and no yeah point these movies attempt to not be just fucking grim no uh, yeah and it, it just but there's oh that that was clever oh bloody hell and then the, you know and it's different strokes for different folks and this one it's just it's so fucking depressing it's it, it oh my god like just the whole thing comes down to will you forgive me or not like and it's like if he forgave him your wife would still be alive you didn't even know your daughter was missing but hey she's missing and i'll tell you where she is and it's no it has that little faith in the human spirit and it's something um but i mean it's impressively staged it's fuck it it's impressively rank you know so i i i i still i'd like i don't hate it I'd, I'd actually still say it's a mild definitely not shit saw and saw two would be like yeah definitely not shit this one mild saw four goes touching cloth for me um due to the fact that the person playing the game this time his sin is he works too hard like so it's a cop who was introduced in one of the earlier ones who is like uh, it, it, one of his um like one of his friends is is killed in a in a jigsaw game oh yes yes from this one now yeah and like he's investigating it and his his boss is like you need to take some time off um his wife says look come with me let's go away and she, he says no and then he's taken uh put into the game and the whole thing is you've got to learn to just not open some doors like it's a big thematic thing like don't just don't open the door just think about like think about this shit and again he fails the game everybody fucking dies but it's just he hasn't necessarily done in the grand scheme of things that jigsaw's victims have done wrong this one it's the it's the first one where it's like right this person isn't really morally like he's doing it for the right reasons and the thing he's doing overall net it's good that he cares so much does he care too much yes 
is that necessarily that bad a thing to be put, like, put into one of Jigsaw's games? Doesn't really make any sense. But then the fact that it's revealed that his boss is essentially the new Jigsaw, it's then a little bit like, well, you know, is it the fact that there's a new Jigsaw here working with the old Jigsaw kind of influencing these things and like changing Jigsaw's tack? Who, who knows? I don't remember anything about Saw 5. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. I, that one I, I'm assuming is going to be the new Jigsaw like trying to make sure he doesn't get caught while also torturing a bunch of other people. Uh, but we'll see. But um, yeah, it, it's, but it, I don't know. They're, I just, they're, they're fun puzzle boxes. These films, like it does have you in a, well, what's going to happen next? You know, like or it, it, it's kind of like a soap opera almost just like, you just, you want to watch the next episode you know yeah i can see that actually yeah and it's yeah i I, that that aspect i it's quite it is weirdly compelling and i mean to be fair other than saw three they've all been like 90 minutes saw three is like an hour and 53 minutes which is too long fucking overkill yeah it really really is um but the rest of them are like 90 minutes and you're out um so yeah i'm 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 looking forward to going through the other ones. I remember Saw Six being this actually like surprisingly that's got some interesting shit to say about the American healthcare system. Yeah, none um, none of the next ones are longer than ninety two minutes. Perfect, perfect. You know, um. So yeah, I mean, I'm 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 enjoying these. The early word on Spiral is good um like if you like the saw films you're going to be very pleased with what they're doing here it's like yeah great and the fact that darren lynn boozman is directing spiral Mm. that look yeah that yeah makes sense yeah it makes perfect sense so there you go that's me Saw films only saw and saw three like you were saying there uh those two ones are the only ones that are above 93 minutes long including spiral mm. oh it's spiral only like an hour and a half great 93 minutes oh that's what you want isn't it yeah the fuck in and the fuck out great stuff yeah i'm really really pumped for spiral i think it will be a, a higher quality first one back after an extended break than Un- Unhinged was, but Unhinged will always have a, a, a fond place in my heart. <laughs> yes. Okay. My parents tried to watch Unhinged. Really? Yeah, because well, it's on Sky now, isn't it? And they didn't know they didn't know anything about it. Ah. <laughs> my mum did not like it. Dad was like. He's a good psycho, though, doesn't he? I was like, yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Your fucking mate who likes sweaty footballers should watch that. It'd be a right fucking porn fest for him. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, anyway, that's it for me. <laughs> Brett, have you seen have you, have you seen Unhinged? No. Then get the fucking Kleenex and tell your missus to go out for the fucking night. <laughs> nice. You're I haven't hosting? watched anything solo, so... Uh, well, you're supposed to, as host, you're supposed I'm to... I'm not hosting. Oh. Oh, okay. What else have you been watching, guys? <laughs> okay, so I, I genuinely... I, I only watched one film on my own, because Resident Evil Village! Woo! 
you said in the messages that I had to do it at some point. Yeah, fair enough. Um, you can do it over the little blast. That echoed around the room. It echoed on the house. Yeah. Um, so I watched The Autopsy of Jane Doe, which is, it is just, I hate the phrase, but it is chef's kiss perfection of a horror movie. It is <laughs> like a masterclass intention building. Things just get gradually more and more weird and more and more scary, but without in a lot of cases without anything inherently scary happening but it's just the building of the atmosphere and the the creepiness like the jane doe she she literally just she just lays there the whole time like she doesn't get up and do anything scary nope um it is it is fantastic emil hirsch is brilliant in it brian cox is fucking brilliant in it it's almost like if you get two really really good actors to just do a you know but yeah it's, it's mostly just them two yeah, yeah. i feel you love the bonds in there for for a minute and then you can remember that she was once a thing um uh, and and you know curse the fact that she's no longer a thing she's very beautiful isn't she she's adorable she is yeah um i did notice while i was watching this though that emil hirsch kind of looks like a young slimmed down jack black he's got real jack black vibes to his his look in this movie fair enough but yeah it is it is brilliant and terrifying and like I say this was my this was my coming down from the tension and scariness of playing Resident Evil 8 until the early hours of the morning and it possibly wasn't the best one that I could have picked to be fair because I went to bed and was like checking for shit moving around um that was the night that I said to you every time I closed my eyes I could see the little black cross in a white circle of things that you have to collect in Resident Evil as well so in my brain was just Resident Evil 8 Autopsy of Jane Doe, that cat getting killed. Yeah. But it's a fucking great film. I would wholeheartedly and enthusiastically recommend The Autopsy of John, Jane Doe to any horror fan. Yeah, I remember really enjoying it when we watched it's, it. It's so atmospheric. Like I say, there's, you know, the scary bits with like corpses shuffling around and everything like that, but there's nothing. There's nothing overt and it's not particularly gory or, mm. or anything like that. It's just... It's atmosphere. Yeah. It's, just, it, it, it's, it, it's freaking you out by our atmosphere. It's clever filmmaking. It is It is wonderful. It is such a great film. So, yeah. Nice. Cool. Uh, I'm going to let you do Accepted because I've talked about Accepted quite a few times. On you have talked about it. It feels like you, haven't, you talked about Accepted not that long ago. It was only just over a year ago, actually, that I watched it last time, but I watched it again, didn't we? Mm. Um, and yeah but it was your first time watching it I believe Becky wasn't it no I think I've watched it before but then I'd forgotten about it completely so um, the floor again it's just it's, it's, it's quite good fun like for the first sort of segment of the film you're like well I was anyway because maybe I was overthinking it but I was like but this is just this is just like fraud on like a grand scale like whatever his good intentions were to start off with he, he he should have put a stop to this, which is obviously the the same um, thought process that John Hill's character was was having. So John Hill was the the, the conscience in this that I would have been had I been there. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it all pans out fine, and you know they get to have their hippy dippy kind of school teaching things like slacking one hundred and one. And do you know what? As a, as a kind of, and I know it's not intending to be this, because um, because it's just a funny film about some guys that don't get accepted into a normal university, but 
there should be alternative higher education options for, for people that don't want a degree in something, but just want like to learn life skills and stuff like that. And there's nothing like that. There's no kind of there's no like educational options that will teach you how to adult better that aren't like university, which don't teach you any of that anyway. They teach you how to pass exams. Yeah, that's it. You know, something, something that, that, like that, this. That, that's what this film's talking about. Yeah, but it, it, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really delve because obviously the, the, the extracurriculum classes that they're teaching are not like, they, they're not necessarily going to teach you life skills. But I don't know, I just, yeah, it, it, it just kind of made me look at the educational system in a, a bit of a different way. It's like either go to, uni or, go to uni or go out and get a job. That's your fucking two choices. There's no like, take a few years and find who you are before you have to go and do that. Fair enough. Uh, Although I would never let Isabel go to something like that. She has to get a fucking degree. Finally, <laughs> uh, we watched uh, Roger Dalton's, um The Getaway remake, didn't we? We did. A yeah, film I which s- is much, much better than the trailer makes it out to be. Well, I, fair enough. You showed me the trailer, didn't you? And I was like, yeah. And you're like, that's the least enthusiastic yeah I've ever heard. And I was like, no, let's, let's give it a go. And it is actually really good. The trailer's not. I'm not disagree with that. The trailer doesn't doesn't really give off vibes that she's in on it all. Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. It probably did for you because you know. But like the bit where she's crying and she's like, what a way to make a living. It kind of suggests that she's with him and accepts it, but not that she's necessarily uh, part of right. it. Fair enough, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you've got it, it, it's it's again written by Walter Hill who wrote the original Getaway, mm. Sam Peckinpah. Um, but this time it's not um, Ali McGraw and Steve McQueen. It is Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger. Uh, but then you've also got within that James Woods, Michael Madsen, and Jennifer Tilly uh, are also thrown into it as well. Um, have, you, have you seen The Getaway, Ian? No, I haven't. Um, so it's, I mean, the the thing is that the original is very, very good. Um, and this probably isn't as good as that. Um, but it's still good in its its own way. And it feels incredibly um, 90s oh, it, yeah. Th- uh, yeah. thriller within that. Um, so it's, what it's about, it's, it's about... Um, Alec Baldwin and um, Kim Basinger, Basinger, I think she was at this time, um, are a husband and wife um, team who are essentially like master thieves. Um, Alec Baldwin's character gets essentially set up by uh, Michael Madsen's character uh, and ends up going to prison. Uh, And then Kim Basinger's character uh, essentially helps get him out with the aid of James Wood's businessman and they do a job for him, a job for him to say, you know, as, as payment for it, it goes wrong and they end up having to have a getaway. <laughs> and that's what it is. But with Michael Madsen chasing him down and um, David go... Moss, uh, who is um, uh, James Woods' James henchman, chasing him down yeah. as well. And then all converging on the Mexico border. But it doesn't initially go wrong, does it? Like, with the exception of um, Philip Seymour Hoffman shooting yeah. the security guard, yeah, the job is, it goes 
fine. They get the money, they get out, and they've arranged to meet somewhere. But, but then, then everyone... Michael Madsen decides that he wants to kill everyone else so he can keep the money for himself. Yeah, and... everyone else just tries to fuck everyone else yeah, over, yeah. and that's what goes fucking wrong with it. Mm. Um, but it's it, it it ticks along brilliantly on the um, on the sheer personality of everybody involved. Mm. It's a really it's a clever script, it's a polished script. Um, Hill t- tweaked his own script to make it more accessible to the time frame that it's in yeah. then. There. I like Baldwin and Kim batting a bounce the, off each other really well. Yeah, well. and they were, they were married at the time. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, That'll probably be why they had such good chemistry. Then. Yeah. Um, and could so um, convincingly. But then you've got Michael Madsen essentially stealing... Um, Jennifer Tilly as a yeah. a hostage. Oh, that bit where her husband hangs himself really awful. Yeah, um, it is. She's funny in this. He's got a hell of a head of hair in this as well. Madsen has 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 the full Madsen hair in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's great. But yeah, it, it's it's a great kind of entry into those mid nineties um, thrillers. What, what what night of the week kind of movie would you class it as? It's a strong Thursday night. It is a strong Thursday night movie. It's a strong Thursday, Thursday night, night, yeah. It's mm. not it's not something like uh, like a basic instinct where you want to where you want to change save it for a Saturday. Mm. Mm. Um, it's not a hump day movie either. But it's not a hump day movie. Mm. But it is it is the movie that will take you nicely into a fucking weekend. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you. That. Going straight out there. Whereas the original Getaway is a full blown um, Sunday night movie. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Absolutely, but yeah, great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and the other point is, I, I like the fact that it essentially is going right. We've got a lot of good-looking people in this movie. <laughs> Let's have them be good-looking, but just in a really just like we're still we're not going to have them overly made up or anything like that. We're going to rely on the fact that these are just good-looking people, but then their hair might be fucking all over the place and everything like that. But they still look at them. Look Kim, at that. Kim, Kim Basinger when she falls out of the uh, the bin wagon. Yeah. Still would. We're gonna put them. In, we're gonna put them in, We're literally gonna drench them in trash, and you're gonna still look at them and go, yeah, still would though. Mm. Wow. Jennifer Tilly is funny in this. Mm. It's just weird seeing her not be. I don't know. It just it feels like a different vibe. Yeah. That's cool. us. Okay. Let's get some Twitter questions. Mark, pardon me, what do we have? I feel like, did we have one or two here? I um, saw one. I saw one. I just thought we might have had two, but I think we might have one. I only saw one and I don't, do not have an answer to this question. Rick Kidd, uh, Rick Kidd uh, as mentioned in last week's episode, Doomsday is very much an amalgamation of a number of films. If you're given a blank page to make a film which is basically a mixture of multiple films, what would you create and which films would be your influences? Uh, My Neighbour Totoro meets Rescue Dawn meets Ghost. It's pretty special, that. <laughs> is it animated or is it live action? Or is it animated. Or is it both? No, it's animated. Fully animated. Fully animated. That's Fully cool. animated. Thanks. No, this is a question that required much more brain time than I could give it today. I, I haven't got an answer to this question. I saw it and I was like, "Fuck, that's a question. That's gonna that's gonna require some meaty thinking time." And then I didn't get any meaty thinking time. Just you just see? to confirm, sorry, I want Demi Moore crashing down, surviving, 
with Ghost Patrick Swayze assisting her, and Whoopi Goldberg is Catbus. <laughs> I'd watch the shit out of that. Yeah, I'd watch that. Right? What I want, oh right, goodness. is literally, it's almost a little bit like Bloodsport at the start of it, mm. where you've got randomly all of these people getting a fucking, like, a random like invitation, but it's not like an invitation, it's like a calling that they have to all go to this place, they have to get to this place, right? And then when they fucking get there, it's basically like fucking, it, it, it's light beyond the fucking Thunderdome, fucking Mad Max, where they've all got to fucking fight each other. And essentially, right, it's like John McClane is there to solve a fucking crime. Fucking Rambo's there to get some fucking Vietnam fucking vets. Fucking John Matrix is there to fucking save his daughter. Fuck it. I don't care if you've got different fucking Schwarzeneggers. The fucking Terminator turns up as well, and Schwarzenegger's also playing in. <laughs> Both the twins from Double Impact are there. Frank Ducks from fucking Bloodspot. That's what's there. Fucking Chuck Norris there gets killed really fucking quickly. And basically, it's all of that, and it's just called Fortnite. I feel like that would be what Stephen E. D'Souza would have written if Fortnite was Street Fighter in the 90s. Yeah. Just the sheer, I don't really know what this is, but give me a two-line summary and I'll make it work. Yeah. If I sat down and pitched that to somebody in actual power right now, they'd go... Right, yeah, we're going to steal that off you. Yeah, we're going to make it $200 million, and it's going to look like shit. Basically, I, basically, it's Ready Player Two, mm. but just fucking shit. Nice. The thing okay, is, Mark, if Lottie was awake, I would get her in here right now. But there's a lot of building in Fortnite. Not in this Fortnite room. They can put that right off. Not in this Fortnite, there's not. No, All right, fair enough. John Matrix could build shit. Fucking A team, they can be there as well. That's pretty fair. John Matrix could build shit. Yeah, there you fucking go. Fucking Rambo, he could build shit. Sorry, just to circle back a second. Lottie plays Fortnite. Oh yeah. Oh. Why? Fair I play enough. it with her. Fair enough. I thought she was more of a Minecraft girl. Oh no, I mean she plays Minecraft and Fortnite. She doesn't have to be one or uh, uh, stop being so binary. <laughs> I don't know, Fortnite just, just seems very rah to me. Yeah, and she likes the rah, but she also likes the more contemplative look what I've built. Fair enough. She's she's a girl of different uh, facets. Is I thought you were just fighting Fortnite. I didn't know there was... Other no, yes, like build so that you, as you're fighting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like... Exclusive fucking trailers for some reason. That, that, I, I couldn't play Fortnite because you've got to use too many buttons at the same time and it's just I, like... Oh, Oh, I 100% agree with that. Like, trying to build in Fortnite, like, compared to the speed that Lottie can build things, is, I feel yeah. like I'm but dead. The thing is, so. I, I'm okay with using all of the buttons on a controller on something like FIFA. I can do that without thinking about it, mm. and it's no problem, because I, I've grown up from using two yeah. buttons to three buttons, mm. to what are these buttons on the top? You can use those as well. And then a few, and I've I, I, I gradually I got used to it. You give me a control now and I go, but I, uh, uh, wait, so it, I, I've got to go press the triangle and then I've got to go side and push this button in and that activates our, I've been shot again. 
Oh, actually, just on that, one of the one of the things that I hate about Resident Evil Seven and Resident Evil Eight is that you have to press down L three to run. I've oh. gotten used to that because of uh, World War Z. That. Mm. So what you do, mm. what you do is you use the the, the the middle of your thumb. You don't push down on it like that, like you would do like that onto it. You use your thumb and you press down and push forward like that. You know, I know, I know you do. It's just annoying. Yeah, it's it's, it's that motion. It should be like it used to be like you hold R two if you want to run, but now R two does different no, things. No, that's the, the, these. There's, there's how many how many buttons is on this? One, two, three, four. 70, there's 809 buttons on there. 809? Yeah, and then if you fucking divide it by itself, you've just got a billion different button options. Yeah. I can't do it. No. I can't do it. I used to like it when it was just use... use. Do you know what? Three buttons. Running. A, B, and C. Be, you pushed the up button, then it was the fucking L3 pivoty thing, and then it was, if you wanted to run, you used the L3 pivoty thing and R2, and now R2 Becky, is fire, Becky, so you have to have something else. I, I, I got genuinely angry when granted it's Pro Evo, it wasn't FIFA at the time, when Pro Evo stopped you from being able to use the D-pad to control your player and you had to start using the analogue stick. That's what it's called, not yeah. the L3 thingy. Uh, I, I got angry at that because I was like, no, I don't want to use that fucking weird joystick thing, I want the, want the D-pad. D-pad. Yeah. D-pad sounds like a good insult. It's such a fucking D-pad. Hey, Cooper, you're in D-pad. On that note, that's the end of the show. <laughs> um, so, coming up on next week's show, um, unfortunately, because Becky insists on having a holiday, fucker. Uh, oh, it's not just me. It is, yeah. It's not. It is. We could go. We could go to the cinema in Hull. We could. We're not gonna. We'd be able to on our city world because we're group three. We would. All right. Well, it's been made very clear that Mark's not allowed to engage in any cinemaing while he's on holiday. Um. So we will be. Um. I believe recording on Sunday. And yes. Discussing the woman in the window, the much delayed former fox film that was sold to netflix um so i believe it's based on a book don woman in the window is that a book that was no okay no no idea okay um i believe it's a book a book yeah it's based on a book uh i believe my boy brian tyree henry is in it so he is indeed yep looking forward to that apparently mm. ian tracy letts is in it Oh great! So you know that you know what kind of character he's gonna play. Oh yeah, oh, I love a bit of Tracy Letts. Um, okay, it's a really good. good cast. It's a really good cast, and apparently it ain't great. No, apparently it's an absolute bag of shit. Yeah. Amy Adams is literally refusing to do any even like promo for it from home. Do you know why? Do you know why it's why it's boring? Why? Because Anthony Mack is there, so he sucked any charisma out of the movie. Oh, I, I, I do think it, it, it also might have something to do with the fact that almost all of the cast thought that Joe Wright was a prick. <laughs> yeah, big prick energy. Um, yeah, and apparently there were like reshoots and so, like it's. We, we, we shall see. We shall see. But yes, apparently it's awful. We will discuss. And then in the episode after. So episode 399, 
we will be talking uh, Spiral and whatever else we get to see at the cinema uh, before we record. Um, and then episode 400, I believe, may be a Conjuring Free Quiet Place 2 double bill. Woo! Which feels quite... That feels like good milestone episode content. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the fact that, that, that Becky, we're going to go away... A nice romantic week away watch and watch all of the Saw movies. Oh, right. Is there a better place, though, on the planet to watch a lot of fucking Saw movies than in a log cabin in the middle of nowhere? I don't think so. It will up the scare factor. Yeah, fair enough. If someone was going to kidnap us, it would be from that cabin. You two watching the Saw films in a hot tub feels like very private time I don't want to fucking <laughs> like, you don't find the Saw movies erotic Ian I beg to differ <laughs> mm. uh, yeah bit when that one goes a little bit mad and you go oh fuck she's a jigsaw I must admit she goes up a few levels in she might be a little bit hotter now yeah yeah fair enough I, I like the idea that any of Jigsaw's accomplices are just, oh, fuck, it's a Jigsaw. <laughs> <laughs> um, brilliant. That, top stuff. Uh, okay, yeah, so uh, we'll be back next week with Woman in the Window, and um, uh, I will be fucking high as a kid on Christmas, like... I think Donna should be very, very thankful we're recording next Sunday so that my I get to go to the cinema tomorrow energy is being directed towards the podcast for a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, uh, until then, uh, thank you very much for listening, folks. Thank you very much, Becky. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you, Ian, and thank you very much for listening, everybody. We shall speak to you all next week. Stay safe. Get your fucking vaccine, please, for the love of God. Good night. Bye. This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.